Would you stand with me again this morning as we honor the reading of the wonderful word of the Lord. Today we're looking at the book of Mark, chapter number 2. Mark, chapter number 2. And we're just going to read one sentence to get us going this morning. It's found in verse number 5. The first line of that verse says, When Jesus saw their faith. Say, Jesus saw their faith. Say it again. Jesus saw their faith. Father, thank you, Father, for the incredible, the infallible, the miraculous, life-changing Word of God. God, I pray today one more time the anointing of the Holy Spirit will rest upon the message, upon the messenger, Lord, today. God, give us ears to hear your Word today. Father, I just pray that you'll help us, Father, to put into practice what we receive so we are not merely hearers of the Word, but we are doers of the Word as well. Change us from the inside out through your Word today. All these things we ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. Lord. And you can be reseated this morning. For those of you that might be new at the Grace Place, at the end of every year, I, I, I try to get alone with God and I try to get direction for the church for the coming year. Not always, but most of the time, God will give me a specific word. He will, give me, he will give me direction for the church for the coming year. And I believe, I believe that God gave me a word to focus on uh, for the coming year. And the word that I heard in my spirit was the word impact. Say impact. Impact. I believe God wants this coming year to be a year of impact at the grace place. Now let me give you a definition. There are many definitions, but but let me give you a definition of this word. It goes like this, the effect or influence made on another person or thing. I'm going to repeat that. Uh, The effect or influence made on another person or thing. See, See, it's not enough for us to just have church. It's not enough for us to just go through the motions. It's not enough for us to develop some type of religious machine or some kind of a bless me club. See, I believe that if the church is really the church, you say, Pastor, it's possible for the church not to really be the church? Yes. I believe there are a lot of churches that are not really churches. They say they're the church. They say they're church, but they're really not. I believe that if the church is really the church, the proof, say the proof, the proof will be that it is making an impact. I believe that if the church is not making an impact, it is not really the church. Would you say amen? As the definition states, it will be effective and influential. Now, in our scripture for today, it says, when Jesus saw their faith. Say their faith. When Jesus saw their faith. Four men... uh, loaded their paralyzed friend on a stretcher, and they took him to where Jesus was ministering. And they got their friend into the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when they got their, their friend into the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says that the Lord saw their faith. And because of their faith, Jesus healed their friend. See, it was the combined faith of all five men that produced the miracle. If the grace place makes a substantial impact in the coming year, 
It will not be the result of just the lead pastor nor the result of the lead pastor and his staff. But I believe that it will take a combined effort of all of us. Let me ask you this this morning. How many of you could get excited about being a part of something that was making an impact? Now, there are two areas where I believe God wants us to make an impact in the coming year. And these two areas are locally and globally. I believe that we need to make an impact locally and globally. Let's get started this morning. Let's talk a little bit about the first one. Let's talk about a local impact. How many would like for our church to have a local impact? Let's talk about that for a little bit this morning. See, see the church should be making a difference in people's lives. People who attend church regularly should be impacted by it. See, you ought to be a different people because you come to the house of God. See, because you come to the house of God and because that you hear the word of the Lord and other things we're going to talk about in a a couple of moments, it should affect the way, it should should affect the way you think and it it ought to affect the way you act. It should have great influence on how you make decisions and and which direction that you choose to steer your life. I want to talk a little bit about what it will take for the church to have a local impact. In order for the church to have an impact locally, uh, let's talk about, first of all, inside our church. Say inside. 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 We we, We need to be having an impact inside. So we'll talk about inside our church. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 24 and 25 says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some are doing, but let us come together to encourage one another and especially now that the day of our Lord's return is drawing near. Let me ask you this question this morning. How can our families be impacted by the church if we are seldom here? Now, I'd like to get on this horse and ride it really hard and fast. But I'm going to refrain. Let me give you three requirements that must be met if our church impacts the people inside. First of all, I believe it will take the saints praying and providing care. If there's going to be an impact made inside the four walls of this church, it's going to take the saints praying and providing care. See, See, it will take more than sermons and songs to impact people. See, the matter of the fact is, unless someone is praying, sermons and songs are just religious rituals. Understand this this morning. This is powerful. Public services are only as effective as the participant's private prayer life. I'm going to say that again this morning. Public services are only as effective as the participant's private prayer life. See, see, worship leaders need to pray as much as they practice. Do I think worship leaders and worship teams ought to practice? Absolutely, and you can tell when they don't. <laughs> Let me help you out a little bit. If you've got a talent for singing, sing. 
If you don't have a talent for singing, do something else. Amen? Hey, I'm all for excellence with worship. I'm all for excellence on the worship team. But let me tell you this morning that worship leaders and worship teams need to pray as much as they practice. And preachers need to spend as much time in prayer as they do in preparing their sermons. I spend hours upon hours upon hours preparing for a 30, 35-minute sermon. Listen, I take it very seriously, and I work very hard, and I try to put it in a package, amen, that will be easy to listen to, and a package that you can take home with you, and something that you can remember, and something that will, that will have an effect in your life. But hear me this morning, as much as I need to prepare in my sermon, I also need to prepare my heart. I need to prepare my spirit. I need to spend as much or more time in prayer as I do in preparation. And the people need to pray. That's a novel idea. The people need to pray. Listen, listen, prayer can't be left up to the professionals. Amen? I remember it's been several years ago, and it was different men, so don't, I'm not telling on anybody, but I'll never forget if many years ago when I asked my, I told my board, I told my deacons, I said, I mention your, your name in prayer every single day, and every man that is on my board and their wives get prayed for by me every single day. I said, are you praying for me? And every head dropped, and it was like a deer in the headlights, like, oh. Oh, you mean we're not just supposed to sit on this committee and help disperse funds? No. The people need to pray. Listen, listen, prayer cannot be left up to the professionals. The people need to pray. Listen, the degree of impact that we're going to make will be determined by the degree of prayer that is done. James chapter 5 and verse 16 says, The earnest, heartfelt prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. See, we're trying to do everything today. Man, we are so cool and we are so modern and we are so techy and we are so innovative when really the reason is not and you know, for church growth and, and the power of God is none of those things and none of those things are bad and I like all of those things. But let me tell you what the main thing, the main thing is is we need the people of God to pray. It's not rocket science. It's prayer. Andrew Murray said, the man who mobilizes the church to pray will make the greatest contribution to worldwide evangelism in history. E.M. Bounds said, prayer is not learned in a classroom, but in a closet. He also said, talking to men for God is a great thing, but talking to God for men is even greater. And I like what Oswald Chambers said. He said, prayer does not fit us for the greater work. Prayer is the greater work. We're talking about having a local impact. Listen, listen. If the Grace Place impacts the people inside our church this year, it will be because the saints are praying and and the pastoral staff cannot depend upon preparation alone. Listen, listen. Prayer must be partnered with preparation if an impact is to be made. See, I don't want to just have church bed and everybody else is having church. And I don't want to just gather all the church people under my roof, my church. Listen, I want, I want people to be changed. I want lives to be changed. I want things to happen. Amen. I want it to be more than just a little bless me cloud. Listen, I want the Spirit of God and the power of God. I want lives changed. And it only happens when people pray. Yeah. 
I'll tell you something you need to hear this morning. Personal prayer is the greatest gift you can give to yourself and to your family. Personal prayer is the greatest gift. Fathers, the greatest gift you can give to your your family is not a big house and a big car. The greatest gift that you can give to your family is not to, to, to you know, to, to, to meet all of their needs and their want. The greatest, the greatest gift, personal prayer is the greatest gift you can give to yourself and to your family. I don't know how you feel about it, fathers, but I, as a father and as a grandfather, I feel responsible for my family. I'm the priest of my family. And I understand that, and so I don't hardly let a day go by, but what I pray, a hedge of protection, plead the blood of Jesus. I pray for every one of my family members by name, specifically, nearly every single day. Listen, I believe the greatest gift I can give to my family as, as the priest of the home and as the father figure of the home and as the man of God is to be a man of prayer, a man that will bathe his family in prayer. See, the reason why most saints major in minor things, and how many would agree most saints major in minor things? The reason why most saints major in minor things is because of prayerlessness. The reason why too many saints depend on the next church service to prop them up again and keep them going until they can make it to the next church service, which they are depending upon that next church service to prop them up and keep them going again. And the reason why it is that way in their life is because they don't pray. Here's what I know. When you pray, most major things become minor things. But tell you, there's some things that, you know, somebody says something or I see something on Facebook or somebody leaves the church or this happens or that or some, you know, arrow is pointed in my direction and I'm all upset about it and it's all this big thing. And you know what? I just found out about an hour of prayer and about an hour of a prayer and then that major thing, that mountain, all of a sudden it's just a little molehill. When you pray, most major things become minor things. And when you don't pray, minor things become major things. Let me say it again this morning. The greatest gift that you can give yourself and your family is a consistent, powerful prayer life. And let me just tell you, let me just invite you, every every Wednesday from 11 a.m. to noon, uh, me and my staff, we meet in here for staff prayer, but everyone is invited. That's just one hour a week. You should be praying every single day. But I would just want to let you know that the doors are open every Wednesday from 11 to 12. And, you know, if you just need a, you know, a place to go, and maybe you can't come for the whole time, but you can come for some of that time, come on, you're welcome. We'd love to have you join us in prayer. Well, not only do we need the saints praying in order for the church to have an impact, but we also need the saints providing care for one another. Galatians 6 and 2 says to share each other's burdens, and in this way you fulfill the law of Christ. See, God didn't establish the church just to hold church services. He established the church to be a community of believers. Say a community. A community of believers. A family. Say a family. 
See, every Sunday morning is a family reunion. That's why some of you don't come, because I know what family reunions are like. <laughs> no, God didn't, God, God didn't establish the church just to hold church services. He established the church to be a community of believers, a family that shares common beliefs and practices. Listen, the church should be a support group. Someone to share life with. Someone to walk with us through our ups and our downs. People to help us celebrate our victories. And someone to console us in our defeats. Acts chapter 2 verse 42, speaking about the early church, it says that all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. Say fellowship. Fellowship. And to fellowship and to sharing meals. Say they, they went to McDonald's. And sharing meals together, including the Lord's Supper. Verse 44, again, talking about the early church, says all the believers met together and shared everything they had. In verse number 47, again, speaking about the early church, says they praised God together and enjoyed the goodwill of all the people. Listen, if the church is going to impact those who attend the church, it will require the saints providing care for one another. Now, at the Grace Place, we meet every Sunday and every Wednesday corporately. Some of you didn't know we also meet on Wednesday. (laughs) We meet together for worship. We meet together for teaching. We meet together for preaching. On Sundays, we celebrate, and on Wednesdays, we cultivate. And this is good, but it is not good enough. The saints, yes, they need celebration. Yes, they need cultivation. But they also need care, and they also need community. Now, at the Grace Place, we provide care and community through what we call C-groups. You've already heard a little bit about that this morning. C-groups are made up of five to seven families that meet together on what we call First Sunday. That's what this is, First Sunday. On the first Sunday of the month or any time that follows that that week of the first Sunday, C groups meet for community and they meet all over the Metroplex. There is a C group leader, but even though there's a C group leader, everyone in the C group is encouraged to care for whoever in their group needs care at the moment. Now, Pastor Landon right here, wave at us. Pastor Landon uh, is in charge of our C-group ministry. He has an incredible team that helps him. Listen, listen, if you are not presently in a C-group, see him for placement. Understand that we allow our people to choose the group they want to be in. And also, if you have a desire to lead a group, talk to Pastor Landon about being trained. Well, the word, the word for 2018 is the word impact. Impact. If we experience, I believe, if we experience what God has planned for us this year, it's not going to happen without our involvement. It's not going to happen just because I announce the word. It's not going to happen just because we want it to happen. It's only going to happen if we meet the requirements to make it happen. The requirements for impact to happen inside the church is threefold. First of all, it will require the saints the saints praying and providing care. Secondly, it will, it will require the scriptures proclaimed. The scriptures proclaimed. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2 through 4. Paul writes to young Timothy and he says to him, Preach the word of God. 
And notice what, what, uh, what Paul tells Peter to preach. He says, preach the word of God. He says, correct. Say correct. He said correct. He said rebuke. He said, uh, so say rebuke. Some of you can't even say that word. He said correct, rebuke, and encourage people with good teaching. He goes on to say the reason why. He said because the time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and they will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. And that's what's happening today. People are going from this church to that church to some other church trying to find somebody that will tickle their ears, tell somebody to tell them what they want to hear. Hear somebody tell them it's okay to live in sin, it's okay to do whatever they want to do. Que sera, sera, what will be, will be, and so, you know, and someone that will only give them a pep talk every Sunday, and people will leave their personal lives alone. Time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound or wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires. They'll look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and they will chase after myths. Hear me this morning. If the people inside the church are impacted, they will be impacted by the powerful, anointed, biblically sound preaching and teaching of God's word. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12 and verse 13 says, The word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. It cuts between soul and spirit. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes, and he is the one to whom we are accountable. Let me say this this morning. The saints... The saints won't be impacted through a preacher who tries to be politically correct. The saints will not be impacted by a preacher who merely gives a little self-help pep talk every Sunday morning. The saints will not be impacted by a preacher who, who waters down the word to make it more palatable and to make himself gain popularity. See, here's what I believe, and this is what I believe, and that is, that is the preacher who isn't making somebody mad isn't really preaching. <laughs> Pastor, you know so-and-so's mad at you? Yeah, they're under conviction. Amen? Listen, the preacher who isn't making somebody uncomfortable is not preaching the whole counsel of God. Had a man in my church in Midland, and he would tell me after church, he says, Oh, I love it when you preach these kinds of sermons. What kind? The ooey-gooey kind. He liked the ooey-gooey kind, but when I got on his toes, he didn't like it very much. He was still my friend, but he liked the ooey-gooey a whole lot better. Paul. In mentoring young preacher Timothy said, preach the word. And he said, what, what to preach? He said, use the word of God to correct. See, my job is not just to make you feel good. My job is not just to, you know, to prop. My job is to correct you through the word of God. Three people believe that, but I'm just true. 
Paul said to Timothy, he said, preach the word. He said, correct. Use the word of God to correct people. People that are in false doctrine, show them the true doctrine. People that are in sin, show them the error of their way according to Scripture. Correct. Rebuke. Rebuke. Sometimes people need to be rebuked. In love, of course. And encourage. Yes, it's, 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 it's important to encourage. Yes, yes. You know, I heard one pastor say one time, you know, people get beat up all week long, so I'm not going to beat them up when they come to church. Well, I don't want to beat you up this morning, but I do, I do want to leave you. I want you to leave here changed. And for me to stand up here and say the way you're living is okay and what you're doing is all right, and oh, it's okay, and pat you on the back and ooey gooey all the time. Listen, listen, I love you enough to tell you the truth because the truth will set you free. When people come to church, they, 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 don't, need a, they don't need a pastor who's afraid of hurting their feelings. Listen, I love you, and, and I'm happy to spend time with you, and I'm glad to be your friend. But let me tell you something. You don't really need to be, me to be your friend. You need to be, me to be your pastor. More than you need me to be your friend, you need me to be your pastor. You need me to be the man of God that hears from God and tells you what God is saying. Oh, yes, God can speak to you directly. I'm not saying that. You understand that. People come to church, they don't need a pastor that's afraid of hurting their feelings or making somebody uncomfortable. They need a pastor who has spent plenty of time in the secret place. And in the secret place, he has received a word from the Lord for the people he will be preaching to. They they, they need a pastor who doesn't preach some generic one-size-fits-all sermon. But they need a pastor that will preach a powerful and a very practical word that hits them right between the eyes. And it is so personal, it's like the pastor followed them around all week long, watching them and taking notes and designing a sermon for them. And I've been accused of that. God being my witness, I've never preached anything directly at anybody. I've never tried to fix a problem by preaching a sermon to fix it. Listen, when you've been somewhere 15 years, you know things, and you just got to preach them even though you know them, and some people think they're directing at me. Listen, you ain't that special. (laughs) I'm not picking one person out of 800, and if I pick one person out of 800, you wouldn't even be here the Sunday I did it. Just telling you. Amen. I need a pastor that, that gets alone with God and gets a word from God, and that word is so personal. It's like he's been following them around and taking notes and designing a sermon just for them. Listen, I can't tell you. I cannot tell you how many times people have asked me, Pastor, do you have my house bugged? And the answer is yes. Your house is bugged. Your house is bugged by the Holy Spirit and he tattles. (laughs) 
The word for the grace place for 2018 is the word impact. Listen, the only way people's lives will be impacted when they sit in these chairs is if the scriptures are proclaimed and all of them. Listen to me this morning. I cannot promise you that I will be the most innovative, the most contemporary, the most cutting-edge preacher that you've ever heard this year. But let me tell you, I will make a promise to you this morning, and I will promise you that I will do my homework. I promise you that I will study. I promise you that I will pray. I promise you I will seek the face of God. I promise you that I will shut myself up with God on a daily basis. And I promise you that when I stand up here every Sunday morning this coming year, I will have fresh break make bread from the ovens of heaven to serve you. Amen. I'm not going to search on the net for a sermon, but I'm going to pray one down from the glories of heaven. I'm not going to warm up last year's leftovers. I'm not going to cut any corners. I'm going to stand up. I'm going to speak up, and then I'm going to shut up. Listen to me. I'm going to preach the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, and let the chips fall where they may, and some will like it, and some won't, and some will come, and some will leave, but I will know that I have unburdened my heart. I will know that I have spoken as the oracle, the mouthpiece of Almighty God. You may not like me, but if you will listen to me, I can get you to heaven. If you will listen to me, I can give you a little bit of heaven to go to heaven in. Well, if there is a local impact inside our church, it'll be because the saints are praying and providing care for one another. It'll be because the scriptures are proclaimed under a powerful anointing. And thirdly, it will be because the spirit is producing. Zechariah chapter 4 and verse 6 says, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Listen, we will have little impact without the help of the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit's anointing, a sermon is just a lecture. And I've heard plenty of them. Without the help of the Holy Spirit, worship is just singing songs. Without the help of the Holy Spirit, prayer is no more than religious rhetoric. Let me tell you that I refuse to do ministry without the help of the Holy Spirit. And the moment the Holy Spirit stops helping me in ministry will be the day that I walk out. Because I refuse to do ministry without the help of the Holy Spirit. Every, every Sunday, every Sunday in my office, before I leave my office and come in here to minister, every single Sunday I pray and I say to the Holy Spirit, I'm not going out there by myself. Yeah, I've been doing this for 45 years. 45 years I've been preaching the Word of God. Uh, you know, every single Sunday, but I'm telling you today, I will not come out here and face you. I will not come out here and face ministry without the Holy Spirit. And I tell the Holy Spirit, unless you go with me, I ain't going. Let me publicly say that I want everything the Holy Spirit has planned for us this coming year. I want everything the Holy Spirit has planned for us this coming year. I want to be more open to the Holy Spirit. I want to be more sensitive to the Holy Spirit than I have ever been. That being said, I'm not talking about emotionalism. I'm not talking about two or three wild emotional people taking over the service. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a genuine, life-changing move of the Holy Spirit. man came to my office a few years ago and asked me if I was into revival. I said, well, let me know what your definition of revival is. 
If you're talking about hyper-emotionalism and a handful of people taking over every service, no, no. But here's what I declare, what, what I believe revival is. Revival is when, when lives are changed. Amen. When people's lives are changed, yeah. That's a genuine move, not just, and I'm, emotional is okay too, I'm pretty emotional. It's okay, amen. God touch our emotions, that's okay, as long as it's God. Amen, but listen to me, I'm talking about a genuine life-changing move of the Holy Spirit, amen. Oh, you're talking about an impact inside our church. Listen, the Holy Spirit can impact us like no one or nothing else can. Let me give you another definition for the word impact, and I'm just about finished this morning. Another definition for the word impact is this, the action of one object coming forcibly into contact with another. The action of one object coming forcibly into contact with another. When I heard this definition, listen, this is what came off in my spirit. My prayer, listen, listen, my prayer is that we would have a head-on collision with the Holy Spirit this year. One that would jar us awake and one that would jar us out of our spiritual slumber and one that would awaken in us a fresh desire for intimacy with him. See, I don't think we're really hungering and thirsting for the spirit like we ought to. I believe that there is much more available to us. Listen, we are spirit-filled, full gospel, Pentecostal people. We still believe in the Holy Spirit. We still believe in the God of the book of Acts and the Holy Spirit of the book of Acts. Listen, I believe that we haven't even touched the surface for what the Holy Spirit has for us. Oh, may we have a head-on collision with the Holy Spirit this year. Oh, may it awaken us on the inside of us, a hunger and a thirst and a desire, amen, to walk with God, to fellowship with God, to have a relationship with God like we have not had in a long, long time. Do you believe it this morning? Would you shout a good amen today? Can you even imagine the impact that a head-on collision with the Holy Spirit would have in, in our church? Can you even imagine? Listen, listen. Jesus didn't start his earthly ministry until, first of all, he was empowered by the Holy Spirit. God did not establish his church in the book of Acts until he first filled his members with the Holy Spirit. The only, way, the only way our church will experience a year of impact is if the Holy Spirit shows up. Because it's not by might and it's not by power, but it is by my spirit, says the Lord. I'm telling you, I can't preach it down and the worship team can't sing it down. But I'm going to tell you, we can pray it down. Amen. I want the Holy Spirit to show up. Listen, I don't want to just, you know, I don't want to just, you know, oil the machinery. I don't want to just dot the I's and cross the T's. Listen, I don't want to be able to explain everything that happens in my church. Amen. I believe that if the Holy Spirit actually shows up, there's going to be some things happen, amen, that we're not going to understand. There's going to be some weird things, some strange things, and some of that is the Holy Spirit, and some of it is just our flesh. But listen, we've been so afraid of the flesh, amen, we've not allowed the Spirit to move, so I'm ready for the Spirit to move again. I can, I can put in check those that are in the flesh, amen, I can correct those that are out of bounds. Would you stand with me this morning? Would you just say, come, Holy Spirit, I need you. Come, Holy Spirit, I pray. Come in your strength and in your power. Come in your own special way. Come on, just, just say, Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this house. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this church. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in my life. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
praise your name. Hear me this morning. If you want your life impacted this year, impacted to the degree that you, you yourself will begin to impact those around you. If this describes you this morning, get out of your seat and come down to the front this morning and raise your hands and start going after God with all of your energy, with all of your might, with everything that you have this morning.